48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines the world looks on as the trial of nine key Occupy leaders begins. Seven police officers start their High Court appeal over their imprisonment for beating a pro-democracy activist. Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Ka Kee calls on the government to pass a, a Good Samaritan law as soon as possible. And President Trump says he won't intervene if his acting Attorney General tries to limit the probe into Russia's role in the 2016 US election. A landmark trial involving nine key Occupy movement figures has begun with all the defendants pleading not guilty to public nuisance-related charges. The prosecution began its case by saying it was unreasonable for the defendants to encourage other people to occupy the Admiralty area for a prolonged period of time in 2014. Candace Wong reports. In his opening submission, senior counsel Andrew Bruce, representing the prosecution, alleged the defendants acted in a joint enterprise and repeatedly urged protesters to, as he put it, overcram the areas around Harcourt Road and Timmay Avenue for a prolonged or indefinite period of time. He said their action was unreasonable because it would cause severe traffic disruption and affect the rights of other road users. Around 10 witnesses, including several police officers will be summoned to testify. Earlier, all defendants pleaded not guilty to public nuisance-related charges in connection with the 79-day pro-democracy movement. Occupy Central co-founders Benny Tai, Chen Kin Men and Xu Yuming face one count of conspiracy to cause public nuisance, inciting others to cause public nuisance and inciting people to incite others to cause public nuisance. Most other defendants, including including lawmakers Tanya Chen and Xiu Ka-chun face two charges of inciting others to cause public nuisance. If found guilty, the nine could face prison terms of up to seven years on each charge. The trial is expected to last for a month and was moved from the district court in Wan Chai to the more spacious West Kowloon Magistracy to cater for the heavy media presence and a large public audience. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says it's very undesirable for a group of British parliamentarians to intervene in Hong Kong's local affairs. The group had criticised the government's prosecution of the nine Occupy protesters, saying it was intended to silence pro-democracy voices. Speaking in Papua New Guinea after attending the APEC summit, she stressed it was for the Justice Secretary to decide on prosecution matters and she wouldn't intervene under the principle of judicial independence. The High Court has started hearing the appeal by seven police officers who were jailed for two years for beating up a pro-democracy activist during the Occupy movement in 2014. A defence lawyer argued that, a news, that news footage that captured the attack had not been proved authentic. Jimmy Choi reports. Queen's counsel Tim Owen argued that the TVB footage showing the assault by the police officers on activist Ken Jung at Tamer Park in Admiralty has not been properly authenticated. He said that means that the trial judge failed to fulfill his gatekeeper role and was wrong in law to have allowed the footage to be admitted as evidence for the prosecution. Mr Owen is representing Chief Inspector Wang Cho-sheng. The other six officers convicted in this case are Senior Inspector Lao Chak-ai, Detective Sergeant Pak Wing-bun, Constable Lao Heng-pui and Detective Constables Wang Wai-ho, Chen Xiu-tan and Kwang Ka-ho. The hearing is expected to last three days. 
Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Kaki says he'll urge the Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, to push forward a Good Samaritan law as soon as possible during a LegCo meeting today. Dr Kwok says it'll take years for such a law to be implemented and that's why the government should start the legislative procedure now. Right now, people who offer emergency help to others believed to be sick or injured are legally liable if anything goes wrong. Dr Kwok had this advice. I think we need to help whatever we can. But first of all, please uh, update your knowledge. Go and try to uh, find out some courses which is available and learn how to uh, do this life support. It won't take long. Most of these courses will be take two to three hours to have the basic knowledge of how to deliver uh, emergency rescue. So take the courses, very important. President Trump says he won't intervene if his acting Attorney General, Matthew Whitaker, tries to limit the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 US election. Mr Whitaker has raised the possibility of undermining the probe led by Special Counsel Robert Mueller by slashing its funding. In an interview with Fox News, Fox News Sunday, Mr Trump said Mr Whitaker was the right man for the job. Look, he, it's going to be up to him. Uh, I think he's very well aware politically. I think he's astute politically. He's a very smart person, uh, a very respected person. He's going to do what's right. I really believe he's going to do what's right. But you won't overrule him if he decides to curtail. I would not get involved. President Trump also said he'd been fully briefed on an audio recording of the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, but he said he wouldn't listen to it himself. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. The US president's latest comments served to confirm what has been leaked for weeks, that the murder of Mr. Hashoji was deeply violent. Mr. Trump said he now knew that it was, in his words, very vicious and terrible. The question now is whether his remarks presage a stronger response against Saudi Arabia than anything suggested so far. Mr. Trump has made clear that he's loath to upset what he's called the spectacular alliance between the US and the Saudis. And the US has become even more closely linked to Saudi Arabia under his leadership and that of the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, whose position has come under greater pressure after a reported CIA investigation concluded that he ordered the killing. One of the closest races of the U.S. midterm elections, the contest for a Senate seat in Florida, has been won by the Republican Rick Scott. A manual recount put him 10,000 votes ahead of his Democratic Party opponent, Bill Nelson. Twelve days after voting took place, Mr. Nelson congratulated his, his rival and appealed for politicians on both sides to work together in what he said were dark times. We have to move beyond a politics that aims not just to defeat, but to destroy where truth is treated as disposable, where falsehoods abound and that the free press is assaulted as the enemy of the people. The result puts the Republicans on, Republicans on course to increase their narrow majority in the Senate by two seats. The former mayor of New York, Michael Bloomberg, is donating 1.8 billion US dollars to his former university, Johns Hopkins, in Maryland, so promising students from middle and low income families can afford to go there. It's the largest such contribution on record to a US education institution. Here's the BBC's Paddy McGuire. 
The president of Johns Hopkins University called Mr Bloomberg's donation unprecedented and transformative. Currently, less than 7% of Hopkins undergraduates come from the lowest earning 40% of families. But from next year, the university will eliminate loans from financial aid packages and offer scholarships instead. Writing in the New York Times, Mr Bloomberg said university places routinely went to those who could pay. He said this practice not only undermined equal opportunity, it also struck at the heart of the American dream. The chance of success based on merit. The European Commission has proposed the end of 2022 as the cut-off date for the extension of any transition period after Britain leaves the EU. The proposal emerged in a diplomatic note. Here's the BBC's Mike Sanders. New Year's Eve 2022 is far later than any transition limit the British government has indicated. It's certain to further infuriate Brexit supporters. They're already unhappy at the draft Brexit deal the British Prime Minister Theresa May unveiled last Wednesday. The note reveals that some EU members are not as keen as others on an ambitious trading partnership with Britain after it leaves. Madrid's worries about Gibraltar, the British territory at the tip of Spain, are also mentioned. A diplomat said Michel Barnier's team was urging EU states to suppress their concerns until the withdrawal agreement is finalised. Houthi rebels in Yemen say they're uh, they're halting drone and missile strikes on the military coalition led by Saudi Arabia in response to a request from the United Nations. The UN is attempting to revive talks to end the war, which has pushed half of Yemen's population to the brink of starvation. Here's the BBC's Grant Ferret. In a statement, the Houthi leadership said they'd decided to stop all drone and missile attacks as a gesture of good faith. The rebels said they wanted to support the peace efforts of the UN envoy Martin Griffiths. It's the latest encouraging sign after Saudi Arabia, which leads the coalition fighting the Houthis, paused its assault on the port of Hodeida, the main entry point for aid supplies. Mr Griffiths says he's received firm assurances from both sides that they'll attend peace talks in Sweden. No date has been set, but it's hoped they'll be convened by the end of the year. The former president of Peru, Alan Garcia, has requested asylum at the Uruguayan embassy in the capital at Lima after being barred from leaving the country. Mr Garcia is accused of taking bribes from the Brazilian construction giant Odebrecht. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. Alan Garcia is alleged to have taken $24 million from the Brazilian construction company in exchange for government contracts to build a metro line in Lima. On Saturday, a court banned him from leaving Peru for 18 months, pending an investigation. He is one of four ex-Peruvian presidents charged with corruption for their alleged involvement with Odebrecht. Last month, the opposition leader, Keiko Fujimori, was also implicated in the scandal. They all deny the allegations and say they are victims of political persecution. A study has provided further evidence that severe allergy to peanuts can be overcome by gradually building up tolerance. Nearly 500 highly allergic children from the US and Europe took part in a trial where they were given increasing amounts of peanut protein over a year. Researchers from Evelina College Children's Hospital and King's College London are among those who made the potential breakthrough. Chief Investigator Professor George Dutrois explained more. You see a patient having a severe reaction at the beginning of the trial to a small fragment and after this relatively short period of time in an otherwise lifelong condition, you see them getting up to 300 milligrams. And at the end of the trial, in two-thirds of these patients, they were able to eat up to 600 milligrams of peanut. So that's three or four um, small peanuts. It's, It's a good amount of peanut. Researchers say it's encouraging news for children for whom a relatively small exposure to peanuts can trigger a potentially fatal reaction.
It's been revealed that what was thought to be a stolen artwork by Picasso recently discovered in Romania was in fact a forgery. A Belgian theatre company says it staged the hoax as part of a project about the value of truth. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 112.73 yen. The euro is 1 US dollar 13 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 4 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,275, up 91 points. Turnover stands at $44 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. Let's start with tennis. Alexander Zverev has won the season-ending ATP Finals in London. He stunned the world number one Novak Djokovic in straight sets to earn the biggest victory of his career. Here's the BBC's Russell Fuller. At the end of a first set of the highest quality, Zverev ended Djokovic's run of 40 consecutive service holds and then fired three aces in a row to seize the initiative. Zverev was so good in the first set, with serves consistently over 140 miles an hour, that Djokovic looked punch drunk in the second. It was scrappy in contrast, but Zverev broke three times and sealed the title with an astonishing backhand down the line winner. He is the youngest champion for 10 years and did it by beating Federer and Djokovic in the space of a weekend. England's football team got revenge for their semi-final heartbreak at the World Cup by beating Croatia 2-1 in the UEFA Nations League. The result sees England through to next year's Nations League finals, while the World Cup finalist Croatia are relegated. England came from behind to win thanks to late goals from Jesse Lingard and Harry Kane. Kane scored in the 85th minute, and he said it was incredible to finally beat a top team. Croatia are probably one of the best teams at keeping the lead and seeing our game, they've, they've got great winners in their, in their side. So uh, for us to turn it around like we did shows the character and, and uh, the strength in our squad. So we'll take huge belief from this. We've had a fantastic year, and but the pleasing thing is we, we haven't rested on our lo- uh, laurels. You know, We've carried on progressing, carried on getting better. Uh, we said the next step for us is to beat kind of the big teams home and away, and we've definitely done that in this, in this tournament so far. It's a chance to win a, a trophy in an England shirt, which don't come around too often. So we're going to give it everything we have in, uh, next June. Uh, and we're going to obviously be facing another top side. So hopefully we can come through that one as well. England are into the final four with Portugal, who qualify on Saturday. Switzerland scored five unanswered goals against Belgium as they came from 2-0 down to win 5-2. So the Swiss have qualified as well. The last place will go to either Netherlands or France. Next to the NFL, where the New Orleans Saints have inflicted the heaviest defeat ever dealt to a reigning Super Bowl champion. The Saints hammered the Philadelphia Eagles 48-7 for their ninth straight win. Quarterback Drew Brees passed for 363 yards and four touchdowns in the win. His counterpart Carson Wentz was intercepted three times. The Eagles dropped to 4-6. and six. Elsewhere, the Chicago Bears have extended their lead over the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC North. The two teams went head-to-head in Chicago, and the Bears came out on top winning 25-20. Houston edged Washington 23-21. The Texans have now won seven in a row to lead the AFC South. Pittsburgh got past Jacksonville 20-16. The Steelers have now won six in a row. And that's your look at sports. And when the news, the top stories once again. The world looks on as the trial of nine key Occupy leaders begins and seven police officers begin their High Court appeal over their jailing for beating a, high, a pro-democracy activist. The news from RTHK. Yeah.